Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard. Uh, joining me, Jane Klein. We'll have a market snapshot with Henry Jennings. We'll look at the dollars and all sorts, the all odds and the commodities and how they're going. And we'll also look at proposed cuts to imputation systems. And scams get a mention as well. Stephen, scams, there are always people ringing up and pretending to be somebody from the government, from a government office or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's always the case, and, you know, they're trying to get money from you, and um, various ways you can check, of course, is, 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 you know, always be careful of people asking for money over the phone. Or details, I suppose. Of, or details, details of your bank accounts. Um, and, and, you know, there's a couple of government websites that have scams on for those who've got computers. Um, there's the ACCC one, which is called Scam Watch. The ASIC's got one called FIDO with a red dog on it. And, of course, uh, the current scam that's going around here, uh, which I understand the ATA has pasted on their website, apparently uh, people are being rung up and told that... Um, uh, they're going to be prosecuted by the ATO, but you can pay money to someone to uh, to stop being prosecuted by the ATO, and you just need to give this person your your bank account details. So, of course, that's a scam. No, no, no genuine government agency is going to uh, offer to do any of that. Yes, so, and so I suppose it's also important to make sure that when you look at a scam watch website, it's it's a government website, so it's a got got a dot Ah, yes, right, dot dot gov dot au, and there's a little. Uh, safety padlock symbol on these secure websites, okay. supposedly somewhere. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's a good way to check and see if what you are being are experiencing. Yep. Is and that, the other thing that's come to my attention too is is some of these um, third party um, things that people are getting on their iPhones that they're flashing up things and people are trying to get them off and they click on them accidentally and then it gets billed to your uh, your mobile phone account. Oh, that's a bit. So, mm. so you need to check your mobile phone account um, to make sure you're not being charged for. Um, third-party services that your provider's just passed on. And, you know, if that's the case, ring your provider and get them taken back off. Yes, good idea. Well, speaking about um, having a look at uh, things that are going on, what's happening with commodities at the moment? Um, it's very, it's been a very volatile, well, not in commodities, but from Australia's point of view, um, the commodities are basically pretty stable. I mean, gold was $1,498 an ounce last night, so, you know, on the, on the week, it's changed by $10 an ounce, so nothing really. Um, silver was $20.73 last night, and it's changed across the week by five cents an ounce. Um, copper was up again. Um, that was up 6% on the week um, to $8,158 a tonne. And nickel was also up um, 7% on the week for $1,794 a tonne. Now, these these, type, these two mineral um, metals are, are leading indicators of economic activity. So if the demand for copper and nickel goes up, I hope to the economy around the world starting to pick up. But once again, we, we, you know, we're only seeing... Um, short-term movements over a week. So, you know, but the longer-term trend has been up over the last month or so. Okay. So, might be good. Better for our economy. Better for our economy. Um, Australia um, exports a lot of nickel. Um, copper, yeah, Mount Isa Copper Mines exports copper. Hmm. So, well, part of us will be doing better. Perhaps. Part of us will be doing better. Yep. And also, interestingly, iron ore prices started to creep up again. Um the, the Australian dollar um, 
yesterday, um, despite the interest rate um, cut, that, that you would expect the dollar should have fallen, um, but it actually went up yesterday, so that's a, a bit of a mystery. Um, and uh, the Australian dollar against the US dollar. And the Great British Pound, we're up uh, 1.5%, and the New Zealand dollar, we're up 2%, and the Euro, we were down... You know, 0.2%. Yes. So, so overall, you know, the currency was relatively stable yes. across the week. Will there be a difference, do you think, with the UK pound after their elections? Because they've got elections on today, haven't they? Are they today? Yeah, might might depend on who gets in. It always <laughs> depends on who gets in. Status quo. I, I wouldn't have well, thought it would make a much different. change in the short term. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So that's that. All Lords? Uh, the All Lord News was uh, down dramatically yesterday, and again this morning it's down, or was earlier, it was down about 30 points. Uh, uh, down uh, across the week, it's it's down by 2%. So, you know, there's a number of reasons for that, which we'll... we'll go over later when Henry's here and the rest of the world markets were down as well so it's not just Australia the US market was down 1% um, the UK market was down 0.1% so um, the UK market doesn't seem to look like this two upsets from the election result mm-hmm. um, coming along uh, the Nikkei was down uh, 2.6% and the Hang Seng, which is the um, Hong Kong English down, is 2.6%. So overall, overall for the week on equity markets, it wasn't, um, well, equity markets, it wasn't too good. And going on to uh, oil, um, the West, West Texas intermediate crude price was up 4% on the week. Right. So the oil price is slowly recovering. I mean, at the beginning of uh, April, it was $65 a barrel, and now it's $76 a barrel. Mm. So oil, oil seems to be trending up. And is that affecting the price at the Bowser yet? Well, it's actually gone the other way over the week. Good. <laughs> yes, yes, I knew that would make you happy. Um, the, the, the unleaded petrol price in Sydney was, was $1.32 a litre. Um, which is down uh, 0.15% on the week. And in Sydney, it's $1.33 a litre, um, which was down 0.6%. Diesel? Sorry, sorry, I've got that mixed up. That was the diesel price. Okay. The, the, the uh, Sydney price, uh, Sydney unleaded, was de- was $1.29 per litre, which w- which was down 0.7. So there's about a $0.03 cents a litre difference between Sydney and Newcastle. And diesel, um, it's $1.33 a litre in Newcastle and $1.28 a litre in Sydney, and they're both down about the same amount. So the $0.05 cents a litre difference is maintained. To NURFM and Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard & Partners, and our market roundup, Stephen. Um, the RBA, yes, Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, and interest rates got a cut, another cut. Yes, yes, the RBA surprised everyone or a lot of people and, and cut interest rates by a, a quarter of a percent yesterday. So that's brought the cash rate down to um, an all-time low of 2%. Yes, so that's the lowest it's ever been. Oh, it was lowest a lot of people can recall. Well, in living memory. Perhaps. In living memory, <laughs> probably the lowest it's been since the RBA has been in existence. Yes. Um, so, so that was interesting. I mean, that was that was was in a way it's unexpected. The Reserve Bank's doing this juggling act between um, property prices, the, the the property boom, particularly in Sydney, that's being fueled by um, low interest rates, and um, and the trying to boost spending in the economy by lowering the interest rates. So, so they've got a bit of an uh, issue there. Um, and, and the market reacted unexpectedly. Um, the, the market um, 
fell for various reasons, and one of the reasons that they're talking about is that the low interest rates um, um, usually is a favourable thing for the share market, but but it fell 90 points yesterday and it was down another 30 points this morning. Um, and and the bonds also fell, uh, which which one would have thought they should have gone up, and the Australian dollar um, went up, and it usually should go down when interest rates fall. So So the market's not actually... Reacting the way you would usually expect to uh, to an interest rate cut. Can you work out why that might I, be happening? I knew you were going to say yeah. that. No, I, I can't work out why. No one, no one seems to be able to say. Yeah, I suppose. Well, is that like? Well, you don't know, but will that continue? Do you think, or will it just be a delayed drop, or maybe it will just continue? Oh, to I don't rise? think the market will continue to fall for for a while, and then you know, mm. people people will see that the bargains on offer, particularly those searching for yield, which we'll talk about later, uh, and will probably come back and buy some of the stocks and push the price back up again. Right. Okay. So um, TPG, now they've been bidding for IINet uh, the last little while um, and there was a kind of auction going on, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, the, the, I don't know that the auction's over yet. Um, TPG um, has made a takeover bid for IINet. Um, then um, M2 came in and topped the bid and as we said last week, mentioned it last week, that you know you wouldn't be rushing into accept yet, but I don't think the acceptance documents are out in any event. And this week um, TPG came back with a higher bid of $8.80 a share, plus oh, there's, a, there's an alternative share swap but it'll, it'll be approximately $8.80 a share and the INET board's now come out and recommended that. Now that happened yesterday. Now there, there is some um, story that a number of investors still aren't happy with this offer and um, MT still can come back and raise the offer. So you might, you might see the price going higher yet still. Okay, so if you've got your IINet shares, watch well, this. Well, IINet provides an opportunity, one of the opportunities to, to actually um, access a great lot of customers in, in one go. And, you know, if TPG buys that, it will suddenly become Australia's second largest telco. Ah, that's considerable. <laughs> Particularly with the rollout of the broadband mm-hmm. continuing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, it seems that um, many of the large companies are finding that they're going to need to cut costs and the way they are doing it is by cutting people because those are big costs and we've spoken mm-hmm. about that recently mm-hmm. and it seems Woolworths is in the same position. Well, Woolworths, yes, Woolworths is talking about cutting um, 400 jobs. They're also t- cutting about um, cutting prices. I mean, there's this perception um, that Woolworths is more expensive to shop at at Coles and as a consequence Woolworths is losing market share to Coles and one of the reasons that, that, that they think they can redress this by cutting Woolworths prices you might have seen the recent uh, down down ads are they the Woolworths ads? They're the Coles ads Woolworths do the cheap 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 ads. Cheap, cheap yes. ads, oh it's all confusing they're all very similar um, Yeah, so, so and, and so Woolworths to pay for that um, cutting margins they're looking at cutting jobs and the, and the other big problem Woolworths has got is the, is the Masters uh, hardware outlets which we, we've spoken about before which um, very few people seem to be going into Mm. <laughs> so, 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 so Woolworths is um, struggling a bit, I think, um, with these issues. And the share price of Woolworths was was at one stage down five percent yesterday. It might be down even more again today. So that is affecting things in the market. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thursday Finance on Two and RFM. We're very happy to take your calls if you've got a question on finance. Maybe your um, 
your personal investments, your taxation or the stock market, give us a call and Stephen will have a go at answering your question, 49216216, to get your question through. Right at the moment on Thursday Finance, it's our market snapshot and... There's been a bit of disappointment in the market, Stephen Pritchard, with Westpac. Um, yeah, it's not only Westpac, it's also with um, CBA to a lesser extent. I mean, Westpac, Westpac's results came out and they were generally perceived as being um, disappointing. Um, you'd, you'd wonder whether Gail Kelly might have chosen the second time to, to jump off a, a bank just at the right period, just before a, a downturn in earnings, because she did that with St George as well. Um, but, you know, Westpac's earnings came out. They were, they were lower than expectations. The share price uh, fell, um, which is one of the reasons the market's uh, gone down, is the big banks have been consistently falling, which were, you know, they were dragging the market up. You know, two weeks ago, now they're pushing it down, and CBA's result was was less than expected uh, as well. So, you know, there's a combination of that and the talk that APRA's reforcing them to raise more capital, and APRA's concerned about the lending on um, housing. Um, is all, all negatives for the bank, which is forcing the price down. Mm. And they are a fairly large chunk of our market, aren't they? So oh yeah, I mean, in Australia, it's very unusual. The, the top, um, the top. Ten stocks um, represent over 50% of the market, and of the top ten stocks, five are financial institutions, or six maybe even now, are financial institutions. So that, that's very unusual. And, and the, you've got the, the six, uh, five or six financial institutions, I'm not sure how many, you've got the um, Telstra, you've got um, the two big miners, Rio Tinto, and I think uh, CSL. And that's the top ten stocks. So... In Australia, you know, if you're going to buy an ETF, I'd suggest you look at the um, the equal weight one rather than the um, just the plain index one because you, you you know you've got a very large weighting to financials in there. What's ETF mean? Uh, exchange traded funds. We spoke about those before. Yes. You can replicate sections of the market and yes. build a diversified portfolio using an ETF. Right. Or exchange-traded funds. Yes. Okay. Uh, what about NAB? One of the uh, NAB's banks. results came out that they, they've made a, a good profit, but, but um, they've also um, announced a rights issue. So NAB's actually started to raise additional capital. They've, they, they've, they were raising additional capital under their um, dividend. They were going to run the dividend reinvestment plan, which gave people a, an opportunity to reinvest their dividends into traditional NAB shares. And they've now announced a two for 25 rights issue. Um, so NAB is looking to raise additional capital. Now that could be a combination of um, you know, funding the continuing problems they're having in the UK or um, increasing their capital uh, ahead of the APRA requirements and getting in before all the other big banks where no doubt um, you'll have to pay more for the capital down the track. Mm-hmm. That means their interest rates go up? Uh, no, I mean no? The, the return to shareholders will, oh. uh, will, will the return on equity capital will fall as they're, they're expanding their balance sheet. One, one of the reasons the big banks are against raising additional capital is, is it'll depress their return on equity to their shareholders. Mm. I mean, CBA is up around 18% mm-hmm. return on shareholders' funds, which is, which is very high by world standards. Mm. Okay, now what about the iron ore price? Now, you did mention. Well, it's interesting. The iron ore price has increased by 29% since April. So, so it's interesting that it seems to slowly be going up, but the big mining companies, of course, are continuing on Fortescue in particular, the third largest mining company, the third largest iron ore 
mining in Australia is continuing to reduce costs, which um, mainly now we're, we're talking about staffing cuts and rearranging rosters. Um, so, so things might be on the might be on the improve for iron ore miners. How much uh, of the loss has that does that represent that twenty nine percent gain? Presumably they they lost. Oh, the it's last still, year it's, so. oh, I don't know about the last year, but it's yeah. still down about fifty percent from the peak. Okay. Yeah, okay. so so we're right. talking about sixty dollars a ton, and it was up by over one hundred and fifty at one stage. So it's still it's it's still a long way from the the boom type conditions that existed, you know, two so years ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Two years ago. Okay. What about newspapers, News Corporation? Uh, news Corp yeah. came out with their, their results and, and News Corp's basically, News Corp split into two. Um, the 20th Century Fox business and various other assets went to 20th Century Fox and that listed in the US. And News Corp has the newspaper business, which are the original businesses around the world, plus um, realestate.com. Um, the, the earnings were down 52%. As, as advertising revenues continued um, to fall, as a drift comes from, as a drift from um, newspaper advertising goes to online, there was a comment by one of the directors of News Corp that a lot of corporates are, are just wasting their money putting it onto um, internet advertising, and they're not actually measuring the benefits. Um, but w- whether that's true or not, the fact remains that the the, the market's perceiving that. Um, Newspapers are a basically dying business. Mm, okay. <laughs> or at least the printed versions of the newspapers. Of course, realestate.com is, is uh, online, isn't it? Yeah, realestate.com is online. And it's interesting because I had a discussion with one of, um, one of our um, younger guys in the office and um, not so long ago or you know, 12 months ago, the Australian put up this paywall and you, you have to... Uh, pay to read the articles on the Australian and I think the Financial Review and is the Sydney Morning Herald doing that yet? But but it's going to come. Getting that way, yes. Yeah. And, and he said to me, he said, well, a lot of people um, stop reading the, these papers when when they uh, put up these paywalls. And I said to him, well, that may be so, but how do you expect to pay for the production of these papers if they don't charge somehow? And, and there basically wasn't an answer. And, you know, that, that discussion in the office um, reflects what the, 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 the corporates are going through. I mean, people don't want to pay for this, but they still want to read it. Yes, <laughs> yes. We expect it in one form, the form that we've been used to for so long, and yet, yeah, it's all very different, all very so interesting. It's a changing world. And all affecting uh, markets. And no, nothing's markets. affecting the radio, of course, Jane. <laughs> yeah. This is Thursday Finance on 2NURFM 21 to 1, and we're very happy to take your calls and think about your personal investment, taxation, stock market. If you've got any questions on any of that, give us a call, 49216216, to get your question through to Stephen. To NURFM 19 to 1. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchards and Partners. And uh, we're taking your calls on 49216216. Denise has rung in from Long Jetty. You've got something you'd like to ask Stephen, Denise. Yes. I have a property up at Chinchilla that I rent out and it's got the gas mines there. And I want to know um, the, the there's nobody in the house for nearly three months now, but they paid up for three months. And I want to know, do they know anything about what's happening at the gas mines? So that uh, my investment property is there. I'm 69 and I'm a bit worried about it. What, what, what do you mean? Well, I have that investment property that I've had there for four years and I've been getting quite good money that's paying it off. 
Right. And now I'm finding that I can't find out if the gas mines are going to go back on or if there's going to be any mining there. Everything seems to have stopped. So so you mean you... You've coal seam gas yes, we're talking about. Yes, yes. So, so you've got an investment property. So it's yes, just residential. Yes. yes, it's very good. It's a nice property and everything there, and I was getting good money. So Denise, and, is, uh, it just, can we just clear this up? Is this a, a residential property that's yes. that's rented out to somebody yes. who's working in the gas? Yes, that's right. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so you 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 rented the property out to someone who's working on the gas. Projects yes, or right. was working, yes. and yes. and then they've paid three months in advance, and yes, they're not. They they paid. They uh, gave me notice three months ago that they uh, were um, ah, leaving. The, the gas mine was was not working, and they've gone. So they paid me for three okay. months, and I just want to know: is there anything going to happen up there? What's yeah, going are you on? going oh. to get somebody else? Um, look, I, I think there's a lot of projects in Outback. I was talking to someone the other day who had a, an investment property out near um, Roma and um, they, they haven't been able to get a tenant for, for almost um, a year and they're trying to sell the property and um, they've had to drop the value of the price of the property considerably and there, there's no buyers. So so I think what you need to do, um, you, you need to get yourself prepared. Um, it's no use waiting till the lease runs out. If this people's given you notice and they've paid you up three months, um, you you need to go and talk to your real estate agent now, uh, not when the lease runs out, about finding a new tenant. And you're probably going to expect that the amount of rent you're going to receive is going to be um, considerably less than what you're, what you're receiving at the moment. Now, that's happening quite a bit in other areas where there's been lots of miners. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, all, all, the, all, all the areas that depend on um, resource um, exploration or, or development, um, the, the rental property, the residential properties in those areas have, have dropped in value. And it's not only um, in places like Outback Queensland and Outback um, Western Australia. I mean, you, you go up to Singleton or, or Musselbrook, um, property prices up there have dropped by, you know, 25, 30%, maybe more. And, and correspondingly, the rents have dropped. I mean, it just, the old fallacy that property prices go up ju- forever, it just isn't true. Mm. And uh, Stephen, I was up the Upper Hunter on the weekend and I believe there are quite a number of houses for sale in Scone and in Musselbrook and uh, really in some cases the people who are selling, who manage to sell, are probably the lucky ones. They're the lucky ones and it's always the first ones out the door Mm. will get the best price. I mean, they they were selling stuff up at, you know, people were paying $1,000 a week and for, for little cottages in Musselbrook and Singleton at one stage and working in the mines, and you know they're lucky to get two hundred now. Yes, and I dare say Chinchilla would be yeah. in a similar so, so, sort of position. So I, I think you need to go and talk to your agent now and yes. see what they're saying. Yes, thanks for your call. Thanks Denise. for your call, Denise. That's um, it's a good point to bring up, and it's one of the unfortunate consequences that um, comes. This is Thursday Finance at 9.21 and uh, we will just check the weather for our sponsor Snap Freeze Air Conditioning, your Dakin Air Conditioning Service. Sunny today 
And we have 19 degrees at Waratah. Thursday Finance, so why not talk about some financial things, Stephen Pritchard? And uh, the imputation system is about to, or there are proposed cuts to yeah, it. Yeah, there's proposed, well, it's not clear what they're proposing except to say it, it, it's going to be reformed. And our reform usually means that everyone's going to be worse off. Now, how the imputation system works is basically as an individual shareholder, you get a credit for the tax that the company's paid. And th- what this means in effect is, uh, Companies, um, uh, income from a company is only taxed once. Um, the, the old system that existed before the imputation system that was brought in is the company would pay the tax, and then when the dividend came out to the shareholder, um, the shareholder would pay the tax as well on the same money. So that effectively, um, the, the earnings of the company was taxed twice. That, that was all got rid of when the imputation system came in. Um, the Federal Treasury has never liked the imputation system, and now they're trying to, to, to wind it back or water it down or, or do something to, to um, stop these tax credits being paid out to uh, people who, who are on lower tax rates than the company or, or even on higher tax rates, they get a 30% credit. So, so all it's doing is there's a credit for taxes already being paid and people are getting that back so the dividends don't get um, taxed twice. Now, there's been all sorts of arguments raised, I mean, you know, that it disadvantages foreign investors and puts a, a, means that a, the foreign investors are subsidising Australian investors and it, it's really just nonsense. I mean, if, if it does disadvantage foreign investors, well, that's their tax system problem for not allowing the credit. It shouldn't upset us. And it all seems to be forgotten about that foreign investors in Australian shares don't generally pay capital gains tax. So, you know, foreign investors are getting a large advantage that, that, um, local Australian, people that don't. local people don't. Mm. So, you know, the imputation system should be left alone. And I, I mean, I think it's going to be a brave government who takes on all the individual shareholders by trying to dismantle it. So this is something that may or may not be mentioned in the... Well, it's in the paper every day. It's in the paper again yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I haven't read it today. But even even David Gonski has come out and said, you know, it needs to be left alone. Okay, so our fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyone who's got got shares will be significantly... pays frank dividends, i.e. the company's paying tax, will be significantly disadvantaged if the tax credits are done away with. Mm. Okay, well, other things to do with finances, of course, property. Uh, yeah, we'll just go back on property. I mean, you know, following on that call we just recently had, um, property experts expect that the interest rate cut will, will drive the property market further, particularly, um, i.e. increase in price, particularly in um, uh, Sydney and Melbourne, I suppose, parts of Newcastle. Um, now, an interesting stat I came across the other day was that um, – 40% of properties are now being bought by investors, um, which is which is almost an all-time high. And um, That means there's a lot more rental properties available probably. Uh, that's right. And that kind of correlates with what Leah Jay was saying last week, that the rents are actually... Uh, uh, falling, and I, I know that from some of our clients. I mean, the rent, the rental returns they're getting is they are actually falling, and then 50% of the people who are borrowing money, um, 50% of investors who are borrowing money, are are, are getting um, interest-only loans. Now, what does that mean? For well, them? a normal home loan is, you know, your normal home loans over 25 or 30 years, and what you're doing is you're paying a each payment you make is is comprises of principal and interest. So you're paying off, at least beginning, you're paying off small amounts of, of the principal, and then as, as time regresses, as the balance goes down, um, 
the payments become progressively more and more principal and less and less interest. Well, with an interest-only loan, is all you're doing is paying the interest. So in five years' time, you're examining exactly the same amount of on the property as you did to start with, and all the money you've paid out is interest. Now, um, why people are doing this, I suspect, is they can't afford a principal interest loan. And, and what this means is that they want to buy an investment property. Um, they can't really afford it, but we can do that by paying interest only. Um, the problem with this, if something goes wrong, um, you know, you've got all sorts of problems. Yes, there's still that same debt there. Um, the same debt, the debt's not going less. down. Mm. Um, um, and really, if you can't afford to pay, and there's not a significant difference between an interest-only loan and a principal interest loan over 25 or 30 years, and really, if you can't afford to pay a P&I loan, you know, we always talk about principal, principal and interest, interest okay. system, Jargon, um, you shouldn't really be in an investment property anyhow. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, that uh, brings us pretty well to the end of Thursday Finance today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And we will be back again next Thursday after the midday news.